Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to be talking about purpose. As I grew up as a, a young boy, you know, I went through a lot of painful things. You know, that I, I didn't understand, couldn't wrap my mind around. You know, my parents got divorced when I was two. My mom got into relationships with alcoholics who were very physically and verbally abusive. You know, I got molested from the time that I was six to the time that I was nine. You know, most of you have heard this story. Each and every one of us in this room has your story. Most of us, our childhoods were difficult, if not extremely painful or traumatic. There's a lot of abandonment and rejection, a lot of fear, insecurity, a lot of anger. You know, each one of us has a story. You know, and I remember being a very angry young man, you know, even in through my teenage years, very angry, very insecure. You know, I cried a lot, you know, as a, a boy growing up, even into my teenage years. Anytime that I would get extremely angry, I would, I would start crying because I was just so broken on the inside. You know, and... I never understood, you know, why, you know, and I spent a lot of time fighting with the why, you know, why did this happen to me? Why couldn't it be different? Why couldn't I be like the other kids? Why did I have to grow up this way? Why couldn't I have money? Why this? Why that? Why, 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 why? You know, and... As I've been doing this for a while now, each one of us has our whys. You know, and as long as we're struggling with our whys, you know, we're still trying to figure it out. You know, and my whys took me down some very painful paths as I was trying to figure it out or I was trying to suppress it or bury it or completely numb it. You know, and life has a way of beating us up. You know, there's a lot of shame that takes place. You know, we make a lot of mistakes as teenagers. And it takes us into some crazy places. There's not one of us in this room that hasn't struggled with shame at one point or another. Maybe struggling with shame tonight. You know, life has beaten us down. People have beaten us down. We've beaten ourselves down. You know, we felt like trash that, you know, people could just throw away that I'm worthless. I'm, I'm no good. No one loves me. You know, I don't even know how to love myself. And I take risky behaviors and, and things that have, you know, taken me places that I regret because I just didn't care about myself enough to make a halfway decent decision, not even a wise decision, you know, and and I deemed myself useless and I had no value, you know, and, and, you know, addiction took root in my life in my early 20s, 
you know, and I was just trying to have fun, you know, but in reality is I was trying to numb the pain. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to, to cope with life in, in unhealthy manners. And, <clears throat> you know, through my own decisions, I, I ran from God as far as I possibly could. And yet he, he found me anyway. You know, I, I could have never imagined that this would be my life. If you would have intersected me somehow 15, 20 years ago and somehow gave me a prophetic word of where I would be, there'd be absolutely no way that you would have convinced me that I would let alone have Jesus, be saved, become a pastor, you know, wanting to be helping people. You know, I could have given a rip about anybody. You know, and yet God somehow saw me through all of that pain, all that dirt, all that shame, you know, and was able to get into my heart where I had it so boarded up and so guarded, and yet he was able to, to get in and plant a seed of hope. You know, and God slowly started to turn me, you know, into a man of God, and, and at some point in the in the process, you know, I caught fire. You know, and when things catch on fire, they burn out of control sometimes. You know, as God starts to shine his light into some of these areas, it's very uncomfortable. And a lot of times we try to run back to our old coping mechanisms to turn off the uncomfortability or the emotions. But we got to walk through it. And as much as I try to encourage you guys or help you guys or force you guys or kick you guys in the right direction, you know, each one of you has to walk through your process and how to, to grab a hold of Jesus's hand and say, I'm not turning back this time. I'm walking through this. I'm going to face the pain. I'm going to, you know, face these areas in my life where my identity is still, you know, <clears throat> tethered to things that are un uncontrollably painful. You know, I'm not going to deny it anymore. I'm going to look at, you know, my family of origin. I'm going to forgive myself. I'm going to forgive other people. You know, and he begins to melt our heart down. And we become very vulnerable. And it's extremely scary. You know, and I've watched many a people turn from this because it it seems overwhelming. And literally, I believe that purpose is on the other side of that. You know, that I never understood why. All my years growing up, and every time I asked why, I never got a sufficient answer. But somehow I crossed over when I surrendered to the cross. And on the other side of the cross, God started revealing why I've gone through what I've gone through. You know, and today the purpose has faces. I never know how one of my past testimonies or stories is going to be relevant, but the Holy Spirit is always quick to pull things up 
and he uses little bits and pieces, things I would never imagine that I would ever share or tell anybody, let alone a room full of people, are now God's to use whenever he sees fit. You know, I spent 20 years hiding the fact that I got molested. And now I talk about it freely. Why? Because the sting of sin has been removed. Some of our most painful things that we've gone through, God has a purpose. But we have to surrender these things to God. We have to say, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way, regardless of what I think. I'm going to submit myself to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to allow you to take me through things that I don't even want to do, let alone think I need to do. And yet, every time I retreat from it, I find myself in the same pain or more pain that this time I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to push through my emotions, push through my fear, push through the lies, allow the truth to be my truth. I'm going to use these principles that I've taught, been taught. I'm going to work, you know, sufficiently and thoroughly and diligently. And I'm going to keep gaining momentum. I'm not giving up this time. And it's so difficult. This isn't easy. Honestly, I think this is the hardest thing that we'll ever do. Some of the things that we've been through and facing them and surrendering them to Jesus is the hardest and most scary thing that I think humans can really go through. Overcoming addictions, being you know bound in some way, shape, or form, and, and surrendering that area and trusting that God is going to move on your behalf and believing that there is purpose, believing that He's real, believing that He wants to intervene, believing that He wants to love me, believing that He wants to to come and have a relationship with me, believing that he's going to encounter me on this process, is so scary. But in reality, what choice do we have? You know, I can go back to where I came from. I can go back to doing the things that I used to do. Or God. I know for me, when I I live my life according to the way I think I should live, it ends in destruction every time. But when I let God into these areas that He asks me to be as transparent as possible and reveal the things that I've been through, that He somehow uses them to encourage others to take a step towards Him and realize that there is freedom in Christ, that He breaks every chain, No matter how hard we've we've had it, no matter how deep the pain goes, Jesus has an ability to get in there and set us free in a way that nothing else can set us free. And every one of us in this room has a testimony. And every one of us is is working on our next testimony. And every one of us is going to find a new freedom and a new area that we need deliverance from because we have not made it there yet. And the second we think that we're done, honestly, we start going backwards. And we have to realize that we need to ascend the hill. You know, we have to keep on climbing. We're not done. I did not wake up today Jesus. And if I'm to be Christ-like, that means I have more work to do to become more like Christ because I have not achieved Christ-likeness yet. 
I am far more like Christ today than I was many, many years ago. But hopefully the man that I am in the future is so much more like Christ than I am here today. See, that's our goal. And if that's our goal, there's stuff that we need to put at his feet and say, this is yours because I'm tired of being my own God. Because I'm controlling this, I'm trying to do it my way, I'm still trying to run from this, I don't want to deal with this, I think you got this wrong, I think that you could have done this way different and made it better for me, but somehow you've made a mistake, God. Oh wait, we're not supposed to say that. Praise you, Jesus. But most of us in the back of our head have a place that says, Jesus got it wrong. I can't trust you because you you caused me pain. And in reality, we live in a sinful, broken world. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We lived with sinners. We have sinners for families. And sin has taken place. And sin has caused pain. And Jesus is the answer to that pain. And I'm going to sin again. And I'm going to hurt somebody else. And someone else is going to hurt me. And this is life in this broken world. It's never going to stop. There's never going to be a day that I'm going to be completely Christ-like that I won't sin against somebody. And there's never going to be a day that you become Christ-like that you won't sin against somebody else. We always constantly need Jesus. I'm never going to reach a point where I'm like, Jesus, I got this. From now on, I'm going to be as holy, as holy, as holy as I possibly can be without you. Jesus is our only answer for healing. He's our solution in times of pain. He's the only one that can walk us through the darkness because he is the light. There is no pain that he can't heal if we would surrender to his will and his way. That he gives us freedom in all these areas. Every one of us has a story of an area that Jesus has set us free in. And yet we withhold the next area because we're still trying to do it our way. Or we're still enjoying whatever it is that we're doing that we know we're not supposed to be doing. You know, and society tells us that it's okay to do this or that. Society tells us that pain isn't necessary. Here, have a pill. You know, in one of the books that I was reading, C.S. Lewis was, you know, making a statement. And this is 50... 60 years ago. And he says that you can't tell people about sin anymore because then they feel guilty or anxious and they want to pill for it. This is 60, or 60 years ago. How much more is that prevalent in our you know, everyday society that everybody just wants pills for things? You know, and in reality, if we would repent for half the stuff that we think we need pills for, most likely we would have freedom that no pill could ever give us. We have to come to believe that Jesus is really the solution to whatever it is that we're going through. You know, Jesus is the answer. We just got to figure out the question. And sometimes that's difficult because I don't want it to be Jesus. I want it to be something else that makes it easier for me, that I don't need to surrender, that I can still be in charge. But every time I do that, I find that it's useless. What I've come to realize 
is that pain has value. My whole life I tried to escape it. And now I walk through it with a grace that is not me. You know, it doesn't mean I don't get angry. It doesn't mean I don't want to drive people off the road. It doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated. It doesn't mean that I don't get scared. It doesn't mean that I don't want to go through things that I need to go through. But after a minute of letting Tom run around in my brain for a minute, I realized that Tom's ideas suck. And that I need to continue trusting Jesus and take the next step. And trust me, I try to talk myself out of that on a regular basis. Where do you think the I trust you Jesus came from? Is that I had to remind myself over and over and over again that I needed to trust Jesus with this and take a step, Tom. Trust, take a step, Tom. Trust, take a step, Tom. As much as you've heard it, and I'll continue to say it, and I continue to believe that I trust you, Jesus, is a prayer that I pray more than any other prayers till this day. I have to walk through it. There is no escaping. That somehow God's doing things that I may not understand in this moment, and it may feel painful, I may feel anxious, I may feel depression, I may feel whatever it is that I may feel. And I have to remind myself that my feelings aren't factual. My emotions lie, and I have to trust Jesus. There is no other solution for me. Anytime that I try to come up with any other solution that's outside of that box, I'm going for a ride. We have to walk through the pain. We have to walk through the fear. Because on the other side of whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that's scaring us, whatever it is that's bringing us pain, there's purpose. God has a plan that we don't know anything about. And it's a good thing that we don't, because I'd screw it up. Well, if Jesus would just give us a blueprint, well, he kind of did. It's called the Bible. The more you read it, the better off you got. But in reality, I know none of you are control freaks in this room. But anyway, in all reality, if Jesus gave us a step-by-step, day-by-day, what we're to do for the rest of our lives... We would veer so far from that because we would find a shortcut because we would see that we could do it this way easier, Jesus. I can skip to day 10 right now. I can bypass all of this and get right here. We would, by all means, step out of the context of what it is that God wants to take us through because we would find an easier, softer way. And part of that's our biggest problem is that we don't want to release control to God and say, you're in charge. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You want to use me. I am your servant. I am here to serve you. I am here to love you because you first loved me. Let's do this. No, it's like, you love me. Fix it. I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. We have to yield. We have to surrender. We have to, to give up and say, Jesus, I'm ready to do it your way. And that is sometimes the hardest thing that any of us will ever do is truly surrender and follow Jesus instead of run around and expecting him to follow up. He wants to use us to bring good news into our families, into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods. 
He wants to use our testimonies in ways that we could never imagine. You know, as a young boy growing up in a small town and moving, you know, downstate and going through this and going to Tennessee and going here and going there, every one of us has stories of everywhere that we've gone and, and, and had pain and had addiction issues and had this and had that. Most of us didn't grow up in Utica. And yet we find ourselves here in this lovely town with so much to do and such bright promise on the horizon. And yet, Jesus. Somehow we all found Utica and Jesus found us here. I never would have imagined that I would have lived in Utica longer than I've lived anywhere else on the, you know, on the planet. In this prosperous city with so much going on. Jesus brought me here and he found me here and he's been using me here. What a delightful place. Everything has a purpose. You know, it, it's funny. In 1994, right, I was a senior in high school. I was about to go on to, to try to play college football, and that's where, you know, my addiction stuff started. And I went to a college called Bethel College, although it was a Cumberland Presbyterian school, and I grew up a Presbyterian. I had there was no Jesus in my decision to go down there. I promise you that. And there was no Jesus that took place while I was there. I can promise you that. I believe that it was Dr. Wilson that prophesied to then Mount Zion, which is now Redeemer, that there was going to be tattooed people in this church that were serving God and that we're going to be leaders. So 26 years ago, long before I ever had Jesus, and even before I even had any tattoos, a little old man, who probably thinks that tattoos are sin, prophesied to the church at a time that if anybody had a tattoo or listened to rock and roll music, you're going to hell. God has a funny way of making things fit together in ways that we would never think of or would make any sense out of. How did we all end up here tonight? God is moving us around in this crazy thing called the earth and this lovely game that we play called life. He does what he sees fit. Everything that we have, everything that we do, every talent we have, every gift that we have, everything that we treasure, everything that we value has been put in us and placed in our lives because of him. And the sooner we realize that we've been created for a purpose, and it's his purpose to bring glory to him here on earth, the sooner we start to align ourselves with him 
does not mean that life's going to go easy. It does not mean that we get on our little cloud and get to flow around life like, ooh, life's easy now. That's not a thing. We need to throw that right in the trash because whoever gave us that Christian idea is not from God. Life's still going to have its struggles. We're still going to have difficulties. We're still going to have ups. We're still going to have downs. We're still going to fight them. But I try to fight them less today. One thing that's really helped me through the years, it's in Psalms and it's in Jeremiah, that it, the verse is that he's knitted this together in our mother's womb for a purpose and a destiny. And if we align ourselves with God's will, we align ourselves for the very reason that we've been created. That I will find more joy, more love, more peace in His will because I begin to do the very thing that I've been created to do. Each one of us has a purpose. And part of that purpose is going to be unveiled as we go through whatever it is that we're still fighting our way out of the wrong ways. Some of us have painful things that we have been unwilling to deal with, and yet we feel at odds with God sometimes. And we struggle, and we we don't understand, and we're fighting, and we're still asking ourselves why, and we're still trying to figure it out. And sometimes the answer is let go and trust Him. You know, and as we, we work on our testimonies, that it's the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony that brings people to the kingdom of God. You know, that's what I read in Revelations. I can argue doctrine with anybody, and I've never seen anybody take a step towards Jesus. I share my testimony with people, and they're amazed that God has done something like what he's done in my life, like what he's done in each and every one of our lives in this room, that you share your testimony with people, they can't argue with the fact that God has done something in your life. We can argue with the Bible all day long and they don't take a step. God uses us in various ways to carry his message to other people. But we have to continue to, to, to live out our life and be a message of the gospel even if our, we're not using our, our mouths to carry the, the message. You know, our, our walk needs to match our talk. You know, many of us struggle with lying. You know, and the best way for us to, to be men and women of integrity and character is to keep our mouths shut and continue to walk forward and show that we're changing. Many of us have said we're sorry hundreds of times and kept on doing the very things that we said we were sorry for. Sometimes our example has to be the true amends that we make. And it shows the reflection of Jesus working in us. That our lifestyles need to reflect Christ. You know, and I think that each one of us, you know, especially me, that I have to continue to try to reflect Christ better than I used to, better than I am now. I need to continue to grow into the man that he's calling me to be. 
that I have to continue to work on areas of pride and lust and shame, selfishness, pride, greed. You know, I need to try to reflect love and humility, patience, kindness, you know, goodness, self-control, fruits of the Spirit, so that I can be a service of Christ. You know, that the fruits of the Spirit are the best blueprint that we can have, you know, to try to align ourselves with what the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us to, to work on. You know, am I manifesting love right now? No, I want to punch this person in the face. Okay, Jesus, I need help. You know, am I being generous right now? No, I'm extremely greedy, and I think everything, everybody owes me something. You know, my hand's always out trying to take, but I never give. Or am I a man of generosity where... Money doesn't have a hold of me, and I'm willing to to give whenever it's necessary. Or I go in above and beyond. I don't even need to be asked. Do I have self-control? Do I, you know, yell and scream and swear and, and flip out and get angry all the time? Or am I a man of humility and love and gentleness? We all have to work on this stuff. I have to work on this stuff. I'm not perfect in anything that I just said. But I need more Jesus to do that. If I do it in Tom's strength, I'm going to fall short. How much time am I really spending with Jesus? Am I putting on worship music and spending time trying to get into his presence and allowing his presence to to come over me and bring peace that goes beyond any understanding? How much time am I spending in my word trying to get the wisdom of God for the situation that I'm going through, or am I still trying to handle it my own way? Or am I just using my anger to get through life? That's worked well. How am I living is a representation of how much Jesus I'm allowing to flow out of me so that people can see that he's got a plan and he's working it through me. We boast in our sufferings. We boast in our weakness. It's difficult to follow Jesus down his path sometimes. You know, as Jesus was in the garden and he was before the Father, he's like, can we can find another way to do this, please? But your will be done. I will drink the cup. Sometimes we just need to drink it. And what I mean by that is that we need to accept that this is what we need to go through. That this is part of his plan. I may not understand it. Jesus being Jesus, he understood what was about to happen and what was going to come afterwards, I think. He was fully God. I don't think that we understand what is going to be on the other side of some of the things that we need to do. But he knew what he was about to do. He took upon all our sins so that we could have freedom and communion with the Father. Some of us, we just need to lay it down and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you and go through it. And as we we push through the pain, we find Jesus in the middle of that place in a way that we've never understood him before. 
and he comforts us and he gives us strength. When there's nothing around us that can possibly comfort us or give us strength, we find it in him and him alone. And our heart comes alive for him in a new way that we never understood before that we can't just get by going to church. That our mind begins to be renewed and we begin to have the mind of Christ. We begin to see it differently than we used to see it. And we understand that we need to lay our lives down for our brothers, our friends, our enemies. And we serve them to the best of our ability. You know, how is God going to use me? How is God going to use you to bring Him glory? And maybe we just need to serve in some way, shape, or form. And, and maybe it has nothing to do with serving in the church. There's hundreds of ways that you can serve in the city, and it has nothing to do with Christianity, per se. And maybe I need to go be a light in somebody's darkness. Or maybe I need to step out into that area that he's already been talking to me about, but I don't want to do it. Or maybe I need to let go of this so I can start doing that. Or maybe I need to just do what he's asking me to do in my own home. Maybe I just need to do the dishes. I don't know what it is. But most of the time, he's already been talking to each and every one of us about things that we need to start doing or not doing. He told me a long time ago that I don't need to be Holy Spirit Junior. He does a pretty good job without me. You know, he's working on each and every one of us in every which way we can possibly imagine. I think that he's always talking to us. But are we trying to listen? You know, one thing that God gave me a long time ago is that a relationship with Jesus is like those old analog radios in the car. You used to have to, like, turn the knob and get the red light to come on. And then you'd get the station just perfect, and then you'd drive on the other side of the city, and it would be gone. Or you'd go through a drive on the country road, and you'd have to keep moving the dial just a little bit because the station would move. Yeah, I think so often that he's moving, and we're just still sitting still. You know, and I believe that it was Curry Blake that I heard this from. And he said that the next move of God is God's people moving. So often we're waiting on him to do stuff, and we, he's already told us what we need to be doing or not doing. And we need to step out into those areas and, you know, and, and watch how he moves. Most likely it's going to be something that we have to face, or there's some sort of fear involved, or some part of our testimony that we don't think that is valuable and he wants to use, and we're like, I don't want to share that. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's do this. Each one of us has a purpose, and it goes far beyond our understanding. But as we connect to Jesus, we lay down our lives, we face it. We face our pain. We face the fear. We grab a hold of Jesus and say, I'm not letting go this time. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to trust you. I don't like this right now. I'm scared. I'm angry. I hate the fact that this is what my life is right now, but I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm going to go through it with you. I don't have a choice. I don't know what that means. But here I go. 
that there's purpose on the other side. And I don't know exactly what your purpose is. It's only he does. I could tell you it's going to be amazing. It's great. It's awesome. And it may take a minute to get through whatever it is that you need to go through because it may be deep. There may be trauma. There might be all sorts of stuff that gets stirred up as you go through it that you got to process and deal with. But when you find yourself on the other side, who Jesus sets free is free indeed. And some of us need to go in and into this place with Jesus again and say, I need this stuff to come out. I'm tired of carrying this stuff. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of thinking these thoughts. I'm tired of struggling in this area. And you're my solution, and i got to figure it out. How do I get through this with you? So often we're looking for the easy answer. Like, how do I pray the right way and poof, it's over? And sometimes we got to go through it. He wants us to go through it. And we're like, I don't like that answer. There's got to be a different one. And sometimes we just got to walk through it. You just bow your head to me. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I ask that you would move in our behalf. Lord, I pray that you would give us strength where we're weak and weary. Lord, that you would come in and that we would humbly ask you to guide us through whatever it is that we're struggling with. Help us to surrender. Help us to put fear at your feet and trust you. Help us to to stop scamming and scheming and trying to figure out a way around it. Lord, help us to take a hold of your robe and not let go. Teach us to trust you, Lord. Teach us to to have faith in this process that you would show us purpose, that you would use us in mighty ways, that we would be able to share our testimony and, and share the goodness of God with people around us that you have moved on our behalf and that you are no respecter of persons, that you would move in other people's lives as well if they would take the step and begin their process with you. Lord, we ask that you would come deep into our hearts and bring healing right now, Lord. There's some of us that are really struggling and we're hurting. Lord, that you would bring comfort to us. That we would feel your presence, Lord. That that we would know that you're with us. That your love is for us, Lord. That you love us so much, Lord. And part of being on this earth is living in a broken world that unfortunately has sin in it, Lord. And brings a lot of pain. Lord, that we can learn to trust you and that you teach us to overcome because you are a victorious warrior, Lord, and that you have set us free from the bondage. Lord, help us to walk with you to freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.